0: Hello, Phantom Mennonites. I am Griffin. I'm David. Uh, welcome to the Phantom Podcast. Griffin and David present the Phantom Podcast. A That's podcast what we present, where we talk about Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, the one film that George Lucas got to make in his epic trilogy saga. I don't know. Saga? I don't know what he wanted. What did he want? I don't know how many movies he wanted. Is he still alive? He is crazy. He is. I don't think he's doing great, <laughs> but. Uh, as we all know, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Mass was the one Star Wars movie that was ever made. Yeah, uh, that's the only one, and that's all we're going to talk about. And if you imply that there's another one, we will uh, l- look at you askance. I say, it's, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll um, we're going to blockade your your trade routes. Oh, we will blockade those fucking trade routes. Yeah, uh, and the donut ship. Uh, someone pointed out to me that there—I I forget who it was—but someone on Twitter pointed out um, that there is a connective. Uh, Uh, Bridge within the donut ship. You know, we were saying it was the donut ship. Between like the the hole in
1: the middle. Yeah, there is
0: something. Yeah, I thought
1: it was free-floating. That would be crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, God, you just have to get in a ship and drive to the center ship and then get out of the ship.
0: That's what I thought. David, you're saying, oh, that would be crazy. (laughs) What isn't crazy in a movie that takes place a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away? What isn't crazy? Everything's crazy. I guess so. A galaxy far, far away. Okay, I'm bored. A lot of movies take place in different galaxies. A long time ago? A long time ago. You're telling me this is the past? Well, how else will George Lucas know to write about it? Oh, you're right. Yeah. I yeah. can't I yeah. can't write about it. I'm around.
1: assuming he unearthed all of this information somehow.
0: How long are we talking?
1: A couple years.
0: You think it was just like 15 years ago?
1: <laughs> in the 80s. Yeah. It takes
0: place. But in a galaxy far, yeah, far
1: 1982 away. 1982
0: in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> right. People don't talk about that enough. A long time ago. It's a period piece,
1: this film. It is. Yeah, set in the past.
0: A long time and ago. And you know,
1: you say films take place, not a lot of films, usually films take place in this galaxy. It's just, it's just far away
0: in this galaxy, maybe. Yeah, that's true. Like, it's, like Boise, a lot of movies take place in Boise. <laughs> far away in this galaxy. Things to do in Denver when you're dead that takes place at a further part of this galaxy. That's true. Um, Star Wars Episode one, The Phantom Menace, uh, is a film with a lot of. Uh, haters, a lot of criticisms that are yeah. surrounded since it's a release, this podcast exists to try to not quell those criticisms. No.
1: Neither to refute them, just to uh, to give them more uh, analytical grounding.
0: We're trying to really get to the bottom of this movie With this one question that we're trying to answer every week. One question, what is the Phantom Menace about? Now when people talk about this movie in a they, negative well, light. There's a lot of bile. There's a lot of bile And there's one subject that that bile usually circulates around. I think
1: that when this film came out, the initial reaction, the initial negativity was
0: mostly directed this way. Right. And we have addressed this. Yeah. We've talked about it. But we've hesitated to do a full episode yet because it is such a sensitive subject. But I think, you know what, David, this is episode six. It is. Gloves are off. We got to do it. We got to ask the questions.
1: No one dares ask about Jar Jar Binks.
0: Yeah. We have to answer the questions <laughs> that no one dares ask about Jar Jar Binks. It, it, the, to the the best we can. This week is a profile on Jar Jar Binks and and the Gungan and race. the Gungan race. Gungan. Uh, well, George Lucas calls them Gungans. He calls them the Gungans. Everyone else calls them Gungans. 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 Uh, including uh, them. I think they refer themselves <laughs> yeah. as Gungans. Well, George- they Gungans. Gungans.
2: Uh,
0: shout out to my boy, Boss Ness.
1: Yeah, there's three three speaking Gungan parts, right? Boss Captain Ness. Tarples. Captain tarples Captain Tarpals. Binks.
0: And Jar Jar Binks. As we've covered many times in these past episodes... Uh, two of those three Gungans made up my holy trinity of favorite phantom menace character. And the third being Watto? Watto's number one with a bullet. Right. And we then, haven't really talked about much either. Right. Yep. Yeah. Watto though. Watto. Uh <laughs> then uh boss nass, I say, is coming up the rear. And so,
1: so Tarples
0: is right in the middle there? Tarples comes in two? at number three. Oh he's number three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Oh oh yes, yes, yeah, yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, eh,
1: whatever. No, it's fine. Watto.
0: Yes, boss Nass. Yes, that is. Correct. Captain yes.
1: Tarples. Who's number yeah. four?
0: Tarple sneaks in at number Wait, what three. What about
1: TC fourteen? She's number four. Oh damn, damn. She's TC number four. it's yeah. gender inequality.
0: It is. Um, no, I, I, I'm talking more about who jumped out to me watching it the first time as a boy. Fair enough. So Those TC fourteen
1: tuggies. wasn't on your mind when you were right. uh, nine years old. Is what you're talking about.
0: TC me. fourteen has been the breakout star of our recent rewatch. That's true. That's true. The ten times I've watched this movie in the last twelve weeks have revealed to me that she is the most fascinating character. Yeah. Uh, the first time she didn't jump out to me. Uh, that much, because I was a, I was a boy. I, di- I didn't know. I knew so little of the world mm-hmm. and the ways of women and uh, droids. Um, captain Tarple snuck on the list mostly because of the- Are the uh, you say in the big doo-doo now? That's right. Uh, um, he's the leader of the Gungan- Well, no, whatever. He's a captain of the he's Gungan a Army.
1: Military leader. Yeah. Boss Nass is the boss. No, I, wouldn't, I wasn't saying he was the leader of the Gungans. Right, the Gungan Army. He's a leader in the Gunganar. He's a leader. Right. But yeah. Jar Jar Binks outranks him, as I discussed a couple episodes ago.
0: Hey, Boss Nass, is that the official title? Do Boss,
1: I believe, is the honorific, yes. That right. is his, like, that's his like. like That's his title. Like Queen Amidala, Boss Nass. Let's
0: do a little Wiki- Wikipedia search that's true. here. Does he I have want-
1: a longer actual name?
0: Oh, no, that wasn't my question. Oh, if his name is like Richard Nass? <laughs> No, my question is that's producer Ben on the laugh right there. Yes, his it, name is Rugor Nass. Uh, no my question was was he elected? Oh. To that's boss a good question. What, how does one become his name is Rugar? Uh, maybe Rugor Nass. Rugor Nass? Yeah, Rugor Nass. Wikipedia goes so deep that if you search for Boss Nass, it There's says two entries. It also says, Do you mean Rugar Nass? <laughs> <laughs> like it like we're like we're plebeians who would call him boss nass. Uh yes, he was a boss of boss of all the gungans. So
1: boss is the, uh, you know, it's the title he gets, and uh, he held a bitter prejudice against humans. Yeah, but true. does it
0: have election bosses? I'm getting to
1: it. I, he was uh, an army sergeant, then an engineer, then an energy miner, then he was the head of small businesses, and then he won the big nasty free for all a grueling physical challenge in an annual gungan festival of warriors 3 years in a row and so he was elected with a supermajority in a landslide boss of the gungans
0: okay so it is a vote it's yeah he's elected but it sounds like your physical prowess has a big impact the, the on whether or the big nasty free for
1: all is apparently very crucial in the gungan society god the
0: gungans 3 years in a row Okay, so there's a quote at the top of this Wikipedia page, as there often are yeah, for the uh, just character just, entries. Yeah, sort of a, a, a choice quote about right. from the character. Right, it's something that sums them up real nice and clean. Here's Boss Nass's quote. Yusa, no thinking, Yusa greater than the Gungans, Misa like a this, maybe Wisa being friends. Yes, yeah, so do you want to try
1: to say it as Boss Nass, though? No. You saw so not thinking you saw so greater than the Gungas
0: he, he goes
1: Gungans? Yeah. He might actually say it like that. Gungans.
2: We saw so like this. Maybe we saw so being friends. He <laughs> like, he's like maybe mm, and he always goes like tch, 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 tch.
1: Yeah. he does that a lot.
0: Yeah, the great Brian Blast coming up with fucking fifteen different fucking vocal ticks. Yes. Um But but this gets to the first thing I think we need to address with, with Jar Jar Banks. The speech pattern. Okay. The the language of the Gungans because the sorry George Gungans because uh, the Gungans uh, ostensibly speak English, uh, yeah, or at least uh, they speak uh, basic whatever
1: the language is that is being spoken in this in this uh, universe.
0: Right, but we never hear them speak. We don't speak
1: them in another language. We don't hear them speak another language like we would with say Watto. Right. Watto speaks another language right at times and right. it's subtitled.
0: R2D2 yes. talking totally yep. in Beeps, you know right. Um, a very undeveloped character in this film. What He, like, he fixes the hyperdrive. That's about it, right? He's fucking out of there, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, he's in the it, Naboo the, in the Star Starfighter, Starfighter at the Yeah, end, but yeah. What, what does he fucking do? I don't know. Um, but but uh, there's no scene where, like, they're in front of the Jedis, and then they go, like, oh, we said sidebar, and then they, like, talk to each other. And, like, yeah, oh, oh, right, no, they're right, they're right they're no, they're no, that's true. Right. So, uh, they, so they speak the language that Naboo speaks. Their modified basic universal language is broken by our standards of English. Is very broken. It it's 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 different. Yes. It's very different. Yeah. It's like a thick dialect. Yes. One could argue not just in in the dialect but in uh, you know uh, dialect is one thing, you know. Certain words. No, you're saying ways. they, they tomato, talk like tomato. children, almost. Yes, yes. Well, saying Yusa no thinking Yusa greater than the gun dance. R- uh, right, it's beyond dialect. Not sure. just are you modifying because I'm I'm saying it in my own voice to to make it clear how it was written. Okay, yeah. yeah. Not just is you getting turned into Yusa, but the structure of that sense is incorrect. It is. It's it's childlike. <laughs> then again, Yoda also speaks in a childlike structure, sort of. Yeah, but he uses the right words. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this is like, no, I understand. this is a hat on a hat. <laughs> like, Yoda takes the right words and he mixes the them up. The syntax
1: is wrong, but the yeah. words are right. Yes.
0: Right. Um, the effect is. The hat on a hat. I like that. Thank you. Uh, the effect is that um, it makes them sound very uneducated. It right? Does, yes. Right? Even a character like Boss Nass, who is very regal, supposed to be in charge of everything. Um Yeah. And it,
1: who is meeting with the royal
0: The Queen. Yeah. The royal Naboo. family of yes. Naboo. Uh it makes him sound like a big old dummy. Um now at the time the film came out, uh, the year nineteen hundred and ninety-nine. Mm-hmm. Um the Year of Our Lord, nineteen hundred and ninety nine. Mm-hmm. When I was ten years old and I saw it, and people were telling me, Hey, this movie's really racist. What are you talking about? This, those are aliens. So people, even at the time, were saying to you, like, this is fucked up. This is fucked up. Yeah, I remember my babysitter asking me if I thought it was racist. And I was like, what, you, what parts of it are racist? The things that I have since come to understand that are common knowledge for anyone who is older is that uh, for a lot of uh, really bad uh, periods of especially our American culture. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear you explain history yeah. of <laughs> racism in this country. Yes, yes. Uh, the the uh, hins- history of minstrelry. Yeah, in yes, this country, yeah. black pay- face performances, white men putting burnt cork on their faces and doing a song and dance routine, making fun of just how implicitly stupid black people are. That was pretty much the cornerstone of what blackface was, right? I'm not saying that's what... Of the minstrel what shows, I think, but that was, yeah, it was no, like, yeah, look yeah, at yeah. how goofy all these blacks are. Yeah,
1: and sometimes black people would play these roles in blackface. Sometimes white right. people would. Yes, right. Yeah. The only but way black certain, performers
0: could get ahead was to be like, hey, I'm in on the joke. But there was a certain sort of... Uh, performance and dialect and type that you were playing. Right. And I'm using the word stupid specifically because the cornerstone of it was they would always speak in really broken English. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, these black people, they're uneducated. They don't know proper English. Everything they say sounds really, really goofy. And the way it would sound often is Yusa no-thinking Yusa greater than the Gungans. Misa like this. Maybe Wisa being friends. Maybe Wisa being friends. Which he's trying to say... Uh, I
1: propose a formal alliance between our peoples. Right. Yeah. It's a big moment in the movie. Right. It's uh, it's where whatever tension between the Gungans and the Nubians, the Nubuians, Yeah. Ha- is being resolved. Right. When and he this- says, I, I already forgot it.
2: Maybe we should be no thinking, greater than the Gungans,
0: Misa <laughs> like this, maybe we should be friends. There we go. Um, this is a man elected... Unanimously you said?
1: Uh Super majority. Was super the word majority. Used. Maybe
0: not unanimous. Yeah.
1: But really, really big. Yeah.
0: But fought three battles to the death in order to win over <laughs> No, no, just feats of strength, I think. Okay. Well, battles to the death in order to win over <laughs> the approval of his people. Mm hmm. He clearly is a master negotiator, a brilliant politician. Yeah. As you said, he's making a huge move here. Not
1: only that, the film's sympathies clearly lie with him. Yes. And with the Gungans. Yes,
0: but the way he phrases that move makes him sound like a baby. <laughs> right? And yep. that that was a lot of minstery. And blackface was making black people sound like children. Right. Uneducated, and illiterate children. And- This this really, really uncomfortable stereotype. No, it is. And it's, um,
1: it's interesting because- it's. Uh, I think we were talking about this. Like yeah. George Lucas has a long history of uh, like contributing to sort of causes uh, in the civil rights movement. His wife like is that. an African American. It's. It's. You know. It's not like he's going into this movie thinking like. You know what I'm going to do. I'm going to subtly bring back a minstrel show in the right. form of science fiction.
0: Well, and that's what's so unsettling to look at is that as a child I was like this movie isn't. Racist. As a kid, you
1: just think like Jar Jar Binks is a clown character who's funny.
0: Well, people said to me, I went, how is it racist? And they went, Jar Jar Brinks is, is an offensive stereotype of black people's. People said that to me as a 10-year-old, right? Yeah. And I went, that's not true. No one talks like that. He's an alien. Black people don't talk like, sure. No one talks no like that. Sure, you had no context for what, what language. was being discussed. Sure. Right. And then, like, in high school, I became really obsessed with men's I was trying to, like, get to the bottom of it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was trying to solve the world's problems. Yeah, I don't think you succeeded. No, through a 10th grade paper <laughs> that was titled Back in Blackface. Um, and it got a B-minus. Uh, it was a terrible paper. That's a great title. If I ran for president, it'd be the first thing that came up. Yeah, like, you you would just be disqualified immediately. It was just so I wrong. think
1: if you ran for president, this podcast might be the first thing that
0: came yeah, up. Yeah, they just have to play all the Namoian clips <laughs> tied together every time I did that voice. Um, no, I was I – was, as, as, as a teenager, I was like really, really obsessed with yes. racism and the history of racism in this country. And I thought I was going to write a paper that would solve all of it <laughs> single-handedly. <laughs> and so I spent like a couple – this was like my big project in history class that year. I spent a couple of months watching and reading as much as I could about the history of menstruating in this country and watched a lot of Amos and Andy. And Amos and Andy is like a big cornerstone of like it was a highly successful radio program and that TV show that lasted for years A common misconception about it was that it was all performers in blackface. Most of the cast was actually—on the radio, it was white men. When it went to TV, it was predominantly black actors. Right. And there would be maybe one character. Because your lead characters were were black. Amy and Andy are black. Yes. But they were very much this stereotype at the time of, like, these, you know, uneducated, simple-minded, you know, like— uh get rich quick scheme sure. focused goofy uh men and the the broken English that they spoke in is very, very similar to how Jar Jar and the Gungans speak. And that's what's uncomfortable. Like you look at something like uh Transformers to Revenge of the Fallen. Mm. We should do a podcast about I'd love it. to do a podcast on that.
1: Uh you're talking about the uh, the two idiot like uh, ice cream truck I believe characters their names are Skids read. and Mudflat. Yes yeah.
0: And they're, like, robots with gold teeth. They have gold teeth. They talk about bling. And they can't read.
1: I remember that. That, That's revealed late in the film with, like, I
0: I can't really read. And you're, like. (sighs) And (laughs) the way they speak and the uh, lingo they use is very much reflective of, like, uh, hip hop culture, sure, yeah, like It's modern it's a more, day, yeah, yeah, yeah. hip hop right,
1: culture, right. right. There's sort of uh,
0: stereotypical, cartoonish. right. And I think Michael Bay says, "Well, the robots aren't meant to be black. The robots, robots don't have race." And it's like, yeah, yeah but you know what you're doing. He you're making these robots sound not, and just. act like a movement that is predominantly made up of African Americans, right? That's yeah. what you're doing, right? And so that is not the case with Phantom Menace. It's not like George Lucas is making a race reflect the way a race of humanity behaves today. He's that's, specifically you're making right. a character behave in the verbiage of a like a, a, a artistic medium that was a created yeah. solely to embarrass and belittle an entire race. You know? I do. And but with this added like there's also
1: a bit of a patois uh, that's yeah. somewhat Caribbean like as well. Right. You know, like yes. the accent yeah. uh has that Uh, inflection to it in some of these characters and I guess they're like island peoples and they're sort of like I mean they live underwater but that's right and like they're more primitive quote unquote and so you know then the Naboo people and I don't know and he talks about that in the commentary where he's saying like oh it's like the Vietnam War and these like primitive people are winning over the superpower like he thinks it's a good thing yeah, but and I so also, I think he's trying to underline it, yeah. but he's doing it with the worst possible. Uh, yes, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Motif. This,
0: this isn't a funny episode. This is us actually, because okay. these are no, because these are they, these are tricky subjects. I mean, this you know people always talk about uh, a lot, especially when it comes to like you know things with dancing, uh, like Dancing with Wolves or Avatar, or whatever. Sure. How much they hate the stereotype of, of the noble savage. Yeah, the
1: noble Native American type. Right. Is, yes.
0: Okay. Here's a primitive people, but they're purer than us. They're more noble than. They're us. They're in touch
1: with the. Spirits of the earth and the elements, the
0: winds in and the water. Each other, and, they can yes. see through the bullshit, validity exactly. of and, our. And culture. here we come
1: with our machines to chop right. down the trees, and oh, we're we're so awful. Yeah,
0: right. They you it's know guilty.
1: There's a guilty sort of like
0: right. Yeah, and the white man, the outsider, comes in and he learns from them how yes. he should be living his life. Right. Um. George makes this interesting choice. To have the primitive race also be really, really goofy. Really goofy. And silly. And childlike. Yes, but also integral to the plot.
2: So now I want to interject and just yeah. say
0: that I think
2: what is off-putting to me mm-hmm. uh, especially is the fact that isn't Jar Jar kind of for kids? Yes. Yeah, that's yes. true. Yes. And, so, and like, he openly talks about that, yes. And so you guys are even talking about the history of just like... Finding this kind of stereotype yeah. uh, made me think a lot about Looney Tunes. Uh huh. Because that especially, yes. I mean, that's you know an old show.
0: Yep. from a long time. Not but, from wait from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away.
2: Uh, I think it was in our galaxy. Okay, yeah, well, right. Space
0: Jam right. makes it very clear that the Looney Tunes world is not its own galaxy. It takes place in the core of our planet. Okay. Uh, but yeah, That's all canon. I was gonna that gonna, is canon as part of the Star Wars universe.
2: I mean, all I was gonna say is like you find in Looney Tunes propaganda, especially mm-hmm. around World War II, mm-hmm. uh, like terrible stereotypes against Asian people. True. Uh, yeah. So there's just some kind of there's something very off putting about the fact that it's almost like he's fitting into. These characters that, or even just a movie that's kind of for kids. Well,
1: yeah, and then Young Griffin Newman is is like I don't right. understand what you mean racism. There's he's
0: yeah. an alien.
1: He's I I don't get it. But it's there's a subtle sort
0: of. Well, I think there's also this sort of like comedic commedia dell'arte of um, stereotypes. You know? In the same way that like within Camilla Del Delarte, it's like, oh, there's like the sad class like there are these archetypes yeah. that we have. Looney Tunes is tapping into this sort of language, the old Looney Tunes, where it's like, This is how rich people act. Right. right. You know? Yeah. This is how Southern Hicks act. And it's, like, different socioeconomic classes, different races. You know, you encapsulate things. And some of them are less offensive where it's, like, okay, a French person chain smokes and wears a beret and has a striped shirt. Sure. And a baguette. And uh, they're uh, they're snooty. And they're sexually aggressive. They're sexually aggressive (laughs) and they're snooty. You know, like, these kinds of things. And some of them are really, really uncomfortable to watch, you know? Like, I don't think reducing entire groups of people to... Um, like four or five no, visual signifiers and two or three characteristics is ever good. No. But some end up being a lot more offensive than others. And we as a culture have been trying to move away from all these easy go-tos. And if you watch a lot of dumb, broad comedy, especially comedy made for children, you watch things like, you know, the live-action Nickelodeon shows or Disney Channel shows, and not racially... But at least um, culturally, they are still trafficking in these broad stereotypes of, like, this is what a popular girl is like. This is what a jock is like. Sure. You know, this is what a rich guy is even like. Even
1: what, like, you know, and even, like, oh, here's sort of a flamboyant sort of swishy kid. Or yeah. Things like that. Yeah, That'd and a cool. homeless
0: dude and, like, all this stuff. Just different types of people, you know? Yes. Um, reducing uh, any type of person based on their experience. Look,
1: can we agree we don't like we, we don't like reducing people to stereotypes right. or entire races? Right. To
0: but a... my point here is what's weird is that George is in no way reflecting the actual culture that we live in. He is just making a character that is a heightening of a stereotype that existed a that's long true. time I ago. I get what you're saying. But, and in a galaxy far, far away.
1: But he's doing it in a sort of Looney Tunes way where it's like, well, we need a funny character so he'll yeah. do everything funny because that's the problem problem with Jar Jar Binks, he can't fucking open a door without right. it being a calamitous, hilarious
0: experience. Okay, so here's a big Jar Jar question to you. Okay, you would, have some questions. Yeah, yes. would Jar Jar be as offensive if he was, to, to use the cliche, a noble savage? If Jar Jar, oh, jar was not such a goofball, if he was not so prone to accident and messing up our hero's best intentions and best laid plans, and he still did speak in broken English and it would be... <laughs> was childlike. You know, I'm not saying it'd be good. Yeah, I don't know if it would be better or worse. It would be different. It would be bad. Right, because so there, like, there's let's... something about the fact that he's goofy and he's bad. Like, no, he's yeah, goofy well, and he fucks everything Let's examine
1: his arc sure. briefly in the film. Yeah. So uh, Qui-Gon rescues him when he lands on Naboo from being knocked over by a droid ship, I right. guess. And so he's like, I owe you a life debt, and he
0: just tags along, t- tags along with Qui-Gon. Which shall I say it? And Qui-Gon calls him a local. Shall I say it? The life debt thing feels a little like, oh, you own me now. Like, <laughs> do, do, does it not? Well, especially a little bit, but it
1: also feels like the laziest fucking uh, story mechanic because it's like sure. Qui Gon just kind of like, you know, pushes him in the ground so something doesn't knock him over, yeah. and then he's like great i have an excuse to just stick with you this whole time all
0: he does is just push him a little bit out of the <laughs> it's way it's really not a big deal yeah. at all and really it's more because jar jar's in his way and he's like the fuck out of my way right yes but considering that like the you know the good part i know what you're saying yeah, yeah. it's like indentured servitude yeah. Is like well for a character that already is being compared to step and fetch it just because of his behavior yeah and his his uh, dialect and everything. Right, you're also going to have him be like waiting on. Now, to be fair, yeah, uh, the
1: only slave that Qui Gon actually owns in this Anakin. movie is Anakin Skywalker, I know, I know. an actual slave. Yeah, Where, and he doesn't ever really seem to want. Jar Jar to be around like Jar Jar is the one who's like I'm going to hang out with you and Qui-Gon's like it's yeah, not from. a big deal right but it also but, makes it more comfortable right.
0: is, is like Jar Jar is kind of like please let me be your slave
1: well also because I mean uh, you know as we you know Jar Jar was banished from his we learned quickly he yeah. was banished from the Gungan homeland because right. what did he knocked over a bunch of shit or something yes. like because he's clumsy right uh-huh. they they don't they actually say he was banished because he's clumsy uh, yes like early in the movie yeah. he's like Misa clumsy yeah um. So he needs a friend. Is all I'm saying. Like, right? He's sort of. He's a little clingy. Yeah. Yes. Um. um so. So. Anyway. They uh, rescue him. I'm just. I just want to yeah, analyze this right, arc quickly. Yeah. They rescue so him. Tough. They go no. to the. They go to the Gungan underwater city. Yeah. With him almost immediately, even though he'd just been banished. So right, it's right. He's. I don't know. He shouldn't be going back there. Right, but anyway, they get out. They do you know, scram. Um, at the Gungan underwater city, uh, Boss Nass is kind of like, I don't really give a shit about you, but for some reason they give them a planet, oh, a, uh, a ship anyway. Does Qui Gon brainwash him? No. How do they? How do they get the ship through the planet core? Just whatever they convince him. Human communication. And Jar Jar yeah. goes with them. I think Boss Nass thinks that this is basically a death sentence for them anyway. But they get yeah. through there. They navigate around some monsters. And then Jar Jar just kind of hangs out with them for the rest. He doesn't really do much no, else. No. Until the final climactic battle where he's back in the Gungan army and he helps defeat the droid army. By
0: mistake. By, he by trips like and falling over a bunch. Yes. Catapult yeah.
1: And yeah. There's one scene where he's got like a half a, a droid torso like caught on his leg and he yeah. jumps around and he accidentally shoots like six droids. It's. Anytime he accomplishes anything, it's by accident. Yes. And it's through this sort of Buster Keaton uh, Pratt falling routines, except. As I think Connor pointed out a couple episodes ago, he, Buster Keaton, or maybe you pointed yeah. it out, Buster Keaton never speaks and tracks. Right, so won't my, shut up. My
0: favorite thing about Buster Keaton is how he talks all the fucking time. <laughs>
1: oh my god, he's so annoying. Yeah. And he's in it all, he's in the whole movie. Yeah.
0: He never is not around. But it is an interesting, and by interesting I mean terrible choice on George's part, <laughs> to have him be both like a a a savage, quote unquote, yeah. and have him be an idiot.
1: And not really have a moment of
0: redemption. Right. More
1: just his idiocy, like, tricks everyone into thinking that he's uh, actually a genius.
0: He's less sophisticated to everyone else. Yeah. He doesn't teach anyone else anything. No. And at a certain point, just through law of numbers. (laughs) Sort of. Through dumb luck. His his fucking up eventually. You fuck up as much as Jar Jar fucks up. Eventually, something's going to turn out well by accident.
1: Yes. You know? Now- That's an interesting point, because Jar Jar is an idiot, but the other two Gungans that we know are fairly competent. Like, Boss Nass is certainly in charge of an entire race of people, and Captain Tarpals, he seems to know what he's doing on his, uh... um, And uh, so Jar Jar, even within the context of the Gungans, Mm -hmm. is stupid. Like, the Gungans aren't weird or stupid, except they talk in this, like, kind of baby language. Jar Jar is both talking in this
0: obnoxious language and really, really dumb. Okay, so this is my question number two. If the other Gungans didn't speak in the same language, would Jar Jar be less offensive? So if so, you're saying
1: Jar Jar still talks like he talks. He goes,
0: oh, Misa, oh, you great and life, the, uh, and, dad. Then, and then they go down and boss. is like, like What's oh, up? I'm so
1: sorry about Jar Jar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I swipe. think
1: that would be really bad because then it would be like Jar Jar literally was a mentally infirm person. Like a disabled person who had been cast out of the Gungans. But that's why I kind of prefer <laughs> Like on, it. Yeah. on some sort of short bus, a one-way short bus out of Odo
0: Gunga. Well, I mean, talking about reviled movies that, that you and I like defending, I don't know where you stand on this one, actually. I, I am a noted defender of Gore Verbinski's The Lone Ranger. I have never seen The Lone Ranger. I like it a lot. And when it came out- well, A lot of people- I feel like, yeah.
1: yeah, there's been some movement on that one. I like Gore Verbinski. Well, Me too. well.
0: But I, I like his discuss. stuff that I like a lot. Yes, I yes. agree. Rango. Yeah, Rango rules. So good. I'm a big fan of the Weatherman. We disagree on that one. We do. But it's been yeah. years. Um Mouse Hunt's good. Mouse Hunt rules. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna talk in Mouse Hunt. Um Uh The Lone Ranger. Yeah. When it came out, everyone went, Oh fuck, why is Johnny Depp playing a native, native American? American? Sure. And Johnny Depp would go, Oh, well, I'm actually one sixty fourth. And I was like, Get the fuck out of town. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And a lot of my friends who saw the trailers went, I find it really offensive because here's, you know, this, this race has been so mistreated throughout our history. Yeah. And now we have like a white actor playing a Native American more visibly than any Native American has gotten a chance to show themselves in a big studio film in, in however long. Yep. And it's all him doing like silly pratfalls and wide eyed like stares and slipping and falling off stuff. Uh, the Lone Ranger, you meet Tonto, spoilers. Uh, He teams up with the Lone Ranger. About an hour into the movie, he's still the only Native American you've seen. Okay. And about an hour, maybe an hour and a half into the movie, the Lone Ranger gets taken back to Tonto's tribe. Okay. And there's a scene where the Lone Ranger wakes up in a teepee, and there are, like, the Indian chief is there. Yeah. The Native American chief is there, and, uh, you know, surrounded by a, a couple other members of the tribe. And he wakes up. And he starts talking to them the way he's had to talk to Tonto, right? And he's like, "Look, me come long way looking uh, yes, for, sure, like, right. says the whole thing." And the chief just goes, "Tonto's been a problem in our quadrant. right." I see, I see. That's that's and that's a nice that's a nice uh, turnaround. And it's not just played as a joke, right? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. spends a lot of time there. Like at their base, I don't know. It's know.
1: almost like Tonto is this undesirable stereotype they wish yes, they could be purged Yes, exactly. Of. Sure. Exactly.
0: It almost feels meta-textual. Now
1: that works a little better, again, because those are actual Native Americans, whereas Agreed. the Gungans don't have the exact analog, but right. I know what you're saying.
0: Yes. But, but it's an interesting question. <laughs> it's an know? interesting
1: question. Yeah. I like the idea that they go to the Gungans and they're like... Yeah, uh, yeah, it's crazy that Jar Jar is the person you met, but uh, okay. Like, yeah, I mean, if you want a ship through the planet core, we'll give it to you. Just, you know, yeah.
0: Even if they just had the same voices, some of the same slang words, but spoken proper syntax, you know? <laughs> Maybe. Just because, because throughout the history of this country, it is so comedically lazy. And gross and ugly to make these stereotypes of African American people being uneducated.
1: But they look. Well, we should say Jar Jar Binks is played by an African American actor. Yes, Boss Nass is not. He's no. played by a white actor. Tarples isn't either. I'd, I think we yeah, looked it up. We last did look it up last, last time. I don't remember who yeah. plays him, but yeah. And uh, I don't. I don't. You know. I think Ahmed best has said like it's not. A, it's not a racist thing. Like you know. He right. He's. He said like. I'm just doing what I'm doing and it's funny. I'm trying to find the exact I don't
0: quote. know. There are voices that aren't associated with certain ugly moments in our history that you could have chosen to take Well, the other problem on. is like you've got the Nemoidians already. They're right. in the
1: first 10 minutes of the movie and they're, oh, ho! you know, they're the worst. is a Jew. Watto is this like <laughs> floppy-nosed.
0: Yeah. We have Yariel Poof <laughs> off to the side. Representing it's the Queerian race. It's just a bad... Bunch. Meeting up with Republican senators uh, in airport
1: bathrooms. The problem is that the human white characters Yes. Well, there's some, uh, you know, uh, Mace Windu and Captain Penang. There are some uh, uh, people of color. In right. The and cast, notably,
0: those two characters have no character development whatsoever. <laughs> They're, They're just people who lunch. say things.
1: <laughs> but still, uh, the, the humanoid characters basically yeah. are the smart civil characters. Yes. And all the enemies are aliens, except for Darth Sidious, I guess, who's a Right, person. and all
0: the aliens behave and speak like like middling tracks off of early Mickey Rooney records. <laughs> like, that's the problem. Yeah. It's not just like, man, like, this is I serious could make a voice to- right now that would have no association to anything. But then it's like every one of their voices is like, oh, right, that's the Chinese man, Waiter we, we, sketch. We, we
1: got to like- talk about Watto, too, because Watto's just Watto. crazy. We got to talk about Watto. You know who drew me my attention to Watto was David Schwimmer.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. David Schwimmer hates he water. spoke
1: out about water really early. And anyway, yeah. we'll talk about water. This is but, this is just. But of a we have to talk episode. about
0: Jar Jar in Tatooine. Yes, but can I just say this for one second? No, no, that's fine. This is because this is my Tonto pitch. What if when they went down to the Gungan yeah. base, right? And Boss Nass is there, and he goes, "Oh, so Yusa want to make an allegiance with Misa? This is a thing that Wisa can. Discuss. I don't think
1: that Yusa, Misa, and Wisa can survive. I'm sorry, I'm not. And, you I'm you know not what, into it. You
0: gotta throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> I don't think you can I do just, it. I wish they didn't sound so dumb. <laughs> Even when they're saying smart things, the way it's written is so dumb. Well, that's the annoying thing. It's like the whole movie is the Gungan triumph. The
1: closing shot of yeah. the film is Boss Nass holding up the orb. Holding up a big glowing orb of something yeah. or other. And it's obviously this like celebration and it's an alliance between this planet's warring races. Yes. And so it's not like the movie. Has a problem with the Gunkins. Why the
0: fuck? What's George's big talk? Fucking no.
1: But it's like, like we said in yeah. the commentary episode, George sees this as a primitive race, and he wants that to be true. That's what's
0: problematic is the association. I
1: know, but that's what I'm saying. It's like he wanted to uh, have this race come off as primitive. Yes, and that's why I think he's making a lot of these choices that are devastating. Yeah. To anyone's enjoyment, any grown person's enjoyment of this film. Agreed. Devastating.
0: Tatooine is a lot of stupid fucking Jar Jar hijinks.
1: It's a lot. Yeah, that's where it's at the because on Tatooine, we cut the cast in half, basically. Yeah. So we've only got Qui-Gon, Amidala, and not Amidala, some, Padme. Padme, Padme Nabira. Quad Qu- Qui-Gon, Padme, and for some insane reason Jar Jar Binks oh you're gonna leave Obi-Wan on the <laughs> ship and you're gonna take it's Jar Jar with nonsensical you nonsensical because it's like okay we've landed on this desert planet controlled by a race of slug gangsters yeah let's bring the Jedi Master good thinking a handmaiden I don't know why you're insisting but I guess you just want whatever the voice, queen says guys whatever the queen there's the queen here's Padme yes. queen Padme queen Padme we're gonna yeah. take Padme <laughs> There they are in the same room <laughs> yeah. together. We're going to take Padme. Two mate. totally different Spoiler people. Spoiler alert, it turns out to be the queen, guys. We talked about <laughs> it. Fucking stupid. And then, oh, oh, who else should we bring? Maybe the pilot of the ship because the ship's grunting, and he might be someone who knows about fucking hyperdrives. No, no, leave no. him. Let's bring Jar Jar yeah. Binks. Yeah. Even, even bring up boring old Rick Like he- That's what I'm saying. Rick could be yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's the hyperdrive right. engine we need. Right. I am the pilot.
0: Right. Panaka gets stuff or done. Or Panaka. Rick knows the ship. R2 even was the sure. one who fucking went out to try to fix the hyperdrive in the first place. And also,
1: also, it's a desert planet. It's a of desert sand. planet. Jar Jar is an underwater creature. Yep. This is the worst place for him to be. Yep. He should get in a bathtub and just take it easy until they can
0: go home. Yep. But nope. Out he goes with them. And if you go, well, oh, God, he owes Qui-Gon a life debt. He's going to follow Qui-Gon wherever he goes. If it's a real life debt and if Jar-Jar's respectful of that life debt, then Qui-Gon should just go, hey, Jar-Jar, if you want to help me like, out, do my taxes. Is it's he just go- fucking stay in the ship and do my taxes. I think the Jedi are tax exempt. Okay, but I'm just saying, <laughs> give him
1: a menial tax. No, I know, of course. Is Jar-Jar following him to the shower? Like, how, how, right, how close does, does he have to everywhere? be? Anyway. I forget, is it actually, is it discussed, is it like Jar Jar's like, I want to come to No, it. no they just <laughs> cut to them
0: walking out of the ship and Jar Jar's in tow. He's part of the skeleton crew now.
1: <laughs>
0: He's the posse.
1: <laughs> so, they go to Moss Espa. Ugh. A city in Tatooine yeah. to try and get a hyperdrive because their yeah. hyperdrive has been broken by laser fire. Yeah,
0: and the only one who has one for sale is a Jew.
1: The only one who has them for sale is a flying Jew. Is a two and a half foot flying fat, fat lizard Jew. Jew with stubble He's and a, a big floppy nose. penis nose. He loves money and, <laughs> and he like four teeth. Slaves. He's like, and he talks like this. Yeah. <laughs> and he owns two slaves, at least yeah. two yeah. slaves, yeah. Yeah, a yeah. mother and a son. Yeah, and he's also a um, a degenerate gambler. Mm -hmm. And is there anything else about Watto? Um, he's uh, he's some he has a chance cube. He's an orthodox Jew. And he's kind of nice sometimes to sometimes, Anakin. Yeah. They have like yeah. kind of an understanding, but at the same time, he owns him and treats well, him he must have uh, pretty sure badly. Been
0: default father figure to Anakin.
1: Exactly. There is there there are a couple God. moments where he's like, "Then you can go home," and Anakin's like, yeah. "Yippee!" And yeah. it's, I don't know I mean, all these hijinks.
0: I don't. You know, David. One of the reasons we started this podcast was so that we could spotlight some of the characters and the sidelines of the Phantom Mass who jumped out to us. And go on Wikipedia and find out yeah. how deep the rabbit hole goes. Yeah. And yeah. I think this episode has finally provided me with a moment to talk about... You want to talk about Gragra? I want to talk about Gragra. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. Watto, Boss Nass, and Tarpals were my holy trinity as a 10-year-old, I'd right say now. my holy trinity now is Gragra, TC-14, and Gragra. <laughs> I am all about that Gragra.
1: Now, just to give you a... Uh, people, to give our audience, you people. You people. <laughs> a, uh, you a reminder who goongans. this is. You might remember that at a certain point in the movie, Jar is walking among the markets of Mos Espa. It's right after he stepped in poop. <laughs> and he goes, oh! And he's, it's yeah. five fucking minutes on that. Right, he steps in poop, then he almost trips, and he yeah. falls over. And he, t- uh, he grabs some food. Uh, he, just yes. is it a living thing? I can't remember. Yes. It's like a frog, almost, yes. or something. He pops it in his mouth.
0: Yes, there's like a lizard-type creature hanging at a little stand. It's yeah. like a most is like a uh, open marketplace. Yeah. yeah, right.
1: Yeah, uh, Mos Espa. There's all kinds of things you could say about the sort of third world of Tatooine and the right. way that's presented. Right. And, but, and but this but is it, one of the you know, things. It, yes. it
0: feels a little like a, a open air Moroccan market. Yeah. And um, these lizards are on display. Yeah, so he just grabs one. There's a very, very, by our standards, ugly creature. Yeah,
1: a sort of somewhat scary, Scary. heavy set creature with big eyes and uh, sort of horns instead of hair. Yeah,
0: super sharp teeth. And teeth. Uh, With a big knife. Jar Jar sees one of these lizards. He grabs it with his tongue and tries to eat it. This creature's like, (laughs) angry, and Jar Jar's like, oh, no, no. And they step away. Uh, I believe what
1: Gragra says is is quoted on her Wikipedia page, which is okay. Uwama Wonka, ka Goba Whoopi Whoopi. That's right. her one line.
0: Right. That is <laughs> her uh, one line,
1: <laughs> which I believe means you have to pay for that. It costs three Whoopi. Yep. Seven Who Poopy. Sorry. That's what the That's what the uh, currency
0: is. Um. So so, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, so I, I we were uh, playing a game and we started well, playing when this we, when we started planning out this podcast. Who can yeah. come with the more obscure character yeah. name from yeah. Recall yeah. to bring up here? And then I was sending you a bunch of pictures of Graagra, <laughs> and I realized I should find out who gra is. Right. So we just described the entirety of Gragras <laughs> screen time. It. She says that one line. Oh, she right. Shakes- she, that's the first thing we found out. Yeah, it's, it's
1: a female, which is not clear. Presents as male. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's fun, but that's fine. Right. Um so that
1: was a surprise right off the her, bat. Her her species is a swokes swokes. A swokes swokes. Okay. That's what the species is called.
0: Here is Gragra's You guys biography. gotta you
1: guys gotta just read this entry, by the way. You should have it open.
0: If On Wikipedia, read along with us. Yeah. In thirty two BBY. Gragra G R A G R A. Gragra demand that Jar Jar Binks play the seven woop. <laughs> <laughs> How do you put woop woop woop? I don't know. For a gorg, that's what those lizards are called. The gorg he ate from the market, salsa some bulb, but then started to bully Jar as revenge for the latter, inadvertently ruining his meal by spitting out into the pot. Oh, right. Jar Jar then spits out the thing because was like, a eh. Gragor left the issue unattended. Yeah. Okay, that's what we know. That's the film.
1: Here's how Wikipedia then moves on with this. Uh,
0: Graggar regretted story. her harsh behavior and on later reflection realizing that perhaps it had been caused by trouble at home. There's nothing to say. Just carry on. She spoke to her husband, Grognak, <laughs> only to discover that he was as emotionally distant as he had always been. This is on the internet for you guys to read right now. This is canon. Yep. This encouraged her to sell enough gorgs, including sauces created from them, to buy her own ship so that she could leave her husband and her life of... Quiet domestic oppression behind becoming a symbol to gorgmongers everywhere. Uh, by the way, that's her uh, title. She is a gorgmonger. That is what her job is. She eventually left Most Espa to work elsewhere, which caused the gorg population in the sewers to grow considerably over the following years. Homeless people often fed on these gorgs. Why isn't she the lead character of the fucking movie?
1: Well, or, or at least, why aren't we seeing all of that in a spinoff? This
0: is the Yattle conundrum again. Here's yeah, a character true. with an interesting arc. Oh my arc. god, what a rich, rich backstory. An interesting arc! She's like the normal Ray of gorgmongers. Not only that, but she is like
1: the fulcrum point in Masa Esma's gorg-like community. The
0: entire economy changes! Yeah,
1: without her, they overrun the city! And they feed the homeless.
0: This is a fucking movie.
1: <laughs> and forget that, like, uh, quiet domestic oppression. That's this is heart-breaking. The hours.
0: Quiet domestic oppression. <laughs> That's heartbreaking.
1: Uh, symbol to Gorgmongers everywhere. What ship does she get? Where does she leave?
0: See, I love the salty, and it's not like she has an abusive husband. Her husband just doesn't really appreciate What's his her. Name? His name again her. is um, Grognak.
1: Is a Grognak, who does not have a Wikipedia entry, by the way. Let's get on that. Oh, boy. Uh, played by um who plays Gragra Gra in the film? Um uh, I don't know if this is uh, this it's not 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 credited. Anyway.
0: Gragra's the best.
1: Um so you guys should just check that out. But yeah, that's that's Jar Jar. Jar Jar in inadvertently. It's sort of a microcosm for everything Jar Jar does in this movie where like He's a fucking idiot, so he steals some food from a market. Like, mm-hmm. what is he, dumb? Mm-hmm. Pay for the food. Pay for the food. It's not free. Pay for the food. And by stealing this gorg and eating it and getting Grogra mad, she realizes, you know what? It's time to confront some harsh realities. Yeah. One, me and my husband fundamentally should not be together. Right. Two, I'm a fucking gorgmonger. Yeah. I can scrape some money together. Yeah. And get the fuck out of here. And be a gorgmonger hero to the galaxy. For once in my life, live the way I want to rather than how I think I'm supposed to live. Three, what am I? Like, just selling gorgs? Why don't I make some sauces? Yeah. Some nice gorg (laughs) sauces. Four. August sells raw gorg? (laughs) This shit is great as a sauce. Distill this to a puree. Four. Maybe I'm killing too many gorgs. Yeah. I think I'm going to get out of here and let the gorgs have their time on Yeah, You know? Maybe it can be the time of the gorgs.
0: Oh, and guess what happens if you let the gorgs have their time? Maybe that's what episode two is, Attack of the Gorgs. The homeless people finally have food to eat. Oh, God, that'd be such a good scene. That would be so great. Maybe I, that, that was his plan. That's probably his Maybe plan. that's what he wants you know to what? do for that's, episode You two. know what?
1: That's probably the plan. Uh, that was probably the second, the second movie.
0: little merchandise uh, spotlight here while we're on the subject of Grog, Grog. Please. And this infamous scene. <laughs> Um,
1: Literally, if you're looking at your phone while you're watching the movie, you could
0: very easily miss this. Thing. <laughs> it's it's maybe four point five seconds. It's on screen.
1: very short.
0: Gragrap probably is on screen in terms of uh, it's it's one second. One it's, second. It's, ah, there's one that's shot. That's it. Yeah. Uh, but man, did it leave an impression on the two of us? Oh yeah. Um, I've talked about how in the past. The Hasbro company paid a hundred million dollars for the rights. <laughs> yes. Yes. To, to fund this movie, essentially. Right, yeah. To fund this movie, essentially. And so they let that trickle down to all their brands that they had at the time. Hasbro was the main company, but they also had Tiger Electronics. You may remember. Oh, of course. So a lot of handheld, hand-held games. games. Yeah. Yep. A lot Battle of things toads. like that. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, there was also an offshoot called Cap Candy. I don't know it. Okay. So Cap Candy was kind of candy toys. Okay. It was like uh, to- toys that dispense candy. Yeah. Like a Pez dispenser? Well, great, great Point. I had a bunch of Pez dispensers. Cap Pandy Cap, Cap Candy. Candy. Uh, Captain Handy. Cap Pandy is my father's name. <laughs> uh, Cap Candy is the company. Um, and they teamed up with Pez, cross-branding opportunity, to create what they called a Jar Jar Binks Pez Hander. Okay. Now, we know what a Pez dispenser is. Sure, it's a head on top of a... Yes, a figural Ditch- bust of a character <laughs> that we know and love...
1: That if you push the head back, dispenses right. one piece of sugary candy. Right, and the
0: candy is kept in a long, sort of rectangular holder. Yes, that it sort of looks feet. like their body. It yeah. has feet, but it's not really. It's more. It's it's impressionistic. It is right. But you love it when you're a kid. You love it when I you're. A kid. I had a ton when I was a kid. It's simple. It's classic. It's yeah. lasted for sixty years. Yeah. For Star Wars, not good enough. For Episode One, the Phantom S, not good <laughs> enough. We have to reinvent the wheel. I really want to see this thing. You. Have I your want you to see how complicated hand. this is. Okay. To create. The, the definitive Pez hander for Star Wars Episode One of all the things they could have chosen to depict and realize and adapt into candy dispenser form, they chose Jar Jar stealing a gorg from Gragra. Gra. Oh my God! There's Grogra. So this and is gorgs. like a three-walled Jesus, diorama. This is, yeah.
1: this is like a Barbie
0: house size. It's like toy. a mechanical diorama <laughs> in which the Pezes which are stored in the back of the base, hidden behind a gorg, <laughs> are mechanically, when you push a button, it's not just the simple spring mechanism. Of the head, yeah. When you push a button, it sends out one pez onto Gragra's plate, and Jar Jar's tongue is there to receive it, Yeah. and Jar Jar mechanically rotates his body <laughs> so that his tongue spins over to where you are, presumably on the other side with your human-sized <laughs> hand. So, you can catch the pez.
1: Now, you know, one might say about a pez dispenser is that they come with the candy and you yeah. could just unwrap and eat the candy. Yeah. But, you know, it's enough fun that you put it in the thing and yeah. you get one at a time. This is too much work. This takes at least 10 seconds.
2: <laughs> it doesn't even come with like an additional bag or anything to carry it around in. That no, thing's huge. You no, know, you would have oh. to mount it on your like mantelpiece. Yeah, you it's a
1: mantelpiece. <laughs> it's a conversation piece. Yeah. <laughs> Like If you put this on a coffee table, yeah. like you would then have room for like one cup of coffee. The end. Yes. That's it. Now, yeah.
0: David, we love Grogra. <laughs> of course. There because she is. Because we love her backstory. But what fucking executive at Cap Candy <laughs> said, of all the moments that we could turn into a Pez hander, we're going to reinvent the game. Pez is too simple to eat. Let's add fucking motors and batteries and push-button operations where characters have to hand you the fucking candy. Of all the moments to depict, let's pick the one where Jar Jar steals a Grog from Grogra. <laughs> Well, they knew it was
1: a powerful moment.
0: It was. I mean, they were right. If they were right about one thing. I sounded like I was angry, but I actually agree with everything. <laughs> it was the right decision. Anyway, um, so that, that's, that's gra. Uh And Cap Candy, just uh, quickly, uh, also made, I think, the single worst piece of merchandise I've seen in relation to the Phantom Manus, which is a Jar Jar Pink's lollipop. Uh, okay. And I use that term loosely, in which the handle is plastic and Jar Jar's head is on top. Okay. And there's sort of a push button. It's almost like a push pop uh, at the bottom of it. Uh, when you look at it, it's all plastic. It just looks like Jar Jar's head at the end of a stick. And okay. when you push that button, Jar Jar's mouth opens up super wide like he's a Muppet. Like he just hinges at the jaw. And his head splits in two. And his tongue pops out. And the lollipop is the tongue. Oh, I've seen this before. Yeah, Jar Jar Binks really has a fruit-flavored tongue. And yeah, so this really was... Gross. Kid goes into Toys R Us... They're at the checkout counter. They've already made their big yeah, purchase no, of the no, day. Yeah, like, I want that. Oh, it's an add-on purchase. Here it is. It's just a dollar, mommy. Please, mommy. Please, I love Jar Jar. They don't even know what it is. They go Jar Jar on a stick. Whatever, I'll give it to you. And then the parents are appalled and aghast as they watch their child push a button and, and begin making out, out with Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> they made a toy to enable children.
1: Yeah, to the toy's candy. Yeah, the French kiss Jar Jar Binks. It's
0: a French kissing Jar Jar machine. Yep. yep. Oh, boy. Okay, here's... <sighs> that was a heated one, fellas. Yeah, thank you. Did Are...
1: you have any more Jar Jar questions? Yes.
0: Okay. Here's my big one. All right. Okay. Would the sins of Jar Jar... Yeah. ...him being offensive, a reductive stereotype based off a stereotype? I mean, he's a stereotype of a stereotype. He's not a stereotype yes. of, no, absolutely. of absolutely. a human behavior. Yeah, or of a Gungan. Right. He's like a quote of a quote of a quote, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, hats so, hat hats. On yeah. I don't have Okay. His ineffectiveness as a character, his unimportance to the
1: plot. Yeah, we've barely talked about the fact that he just is... Like, he p- p- plays no real purpose in the movie. All except, of this. Yeah, it's all a, the reasons all why, why people Jar- for hated Jar Jar, yeah. right?
0: Because he's offensive, Yeah. because he's stupid, Yeah. because he's a blatant attempt to win over children who don't need yeah. winning over. It's Star Wars. It's a movie about wars and the stars. It's already exciting for kids. You open with
1: laser swords and fucking robot battles and stuff. The GDs. You, you, you don't
0: need <sighs> Jar Jar.
1: Okay, what's the question, though?
0: Would all of this be forgiven if Jar Jar, the ostensible comic relief character of the phantom menace were funny oh that's a great question now it's it's a big question because so you're saying, saying what would it take to make him so funny? you're saying that he remains
1: this sort of irritating stereotype and this clownish like uh nuisance to yeah. the plot but um he's just performed so well uh, that that you can't help But sort of find him really hysterically funny.
0: Well, Connor brought up his Captain Panaka theory. Yep.
1: Um, Whereas if Captain Panaka was a little more roguish and not interested in the uh, being part of the rebellion, the movie would be
0: a lot more interesting if he was there commenting on everything. Yeah, it's just like oh, this is a bad idea. Relatable character. Yeah. But in his current incarnation, Captain Panaka is just boring. Very boring. He would be more interesting if he was funny. But as it is, he's not a negative character. He's not a force for bad. Jar Jar is here explicitly to make us laugh. Yeah. His hijinks, his broken English, all of it is meant to be funny. Yep. Because he doesn't serve any real purpose to the story, it feels like George only put him in the film because he went, We got to lighten this affair up. It's a heavy movie. We got to lighten this affair up. And I think few things are more painful to watch than failed comedy.
1: That's, yeah, of course. People watch two hours and 20 minutes of it. Failed
0: comedy comedy because failed drama you you don't know how to react you know it's bad it's lifeless yeah but it's right it
1: doesn't upset you really it's more just sort of like well that didn't work
0: but matt walsh of the ucb4 creator of the upper Systems brigade the namesake yeah. of our uh, podcast right now yep. um has a quote that i i like to repeat all the time where he said uh, comedy is the only uh artistic medium other than porn that requires a physical reaction from its viewer in order to be a success. I might have misquoted him there. But I get what you're saying. But the idea is, if a porn movie doesn't make you hot and bothered, it's it's not working. You can't go, oh, well, it was well shot and well constructed. It didn't work. Right, 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 right. And, right. and comedy, likewise... It's there to make you laugh. It's there to make you laugh. Yeah. And if you see something that's meant to be a comedy, you see someone who's meant to be a comedian, and they say some interesting things, but it isn't funny... It feels like a failure. Yep. You go, well, I like what they're doing, but it should also be funny on top of that. Yep. And every time Jar does anything in this movie, it's like the movie holds for laughs.
1: And, like, there's multiple scenes where you're like, this scene is only here to make us laugh.
0: The character's only there to make you laugh. He has no other when function. When
1: he, for example, gets his tongue numbed by but, the pod racing thing. it's just to make people thing. laugh. It's not necessary to when the movie. When he
0: steals a gorg from Grogger <laughs> when he steps in doo It's just to make people laugh. When and-
1: Qui-Gon uh, grabs his tongue. Oh, boy. What
0: else yeah. does he do? Everything.
1: The only time he really matters to the plot is at the beginning when he leads them to the Gungan city yeah. and the end when he defeats the droid army. And
0: by the way, when he defeats the droid army, it's in ostensibly a funny way. Yeah, right? They give him a noble victory. He's doing goofy pratfalls and slipping and throwing things he's by the, accident.
1: He's learned nothing. He's the idiot he always was. Right,
0: but it's meant to be a joke. Everything's no, meant know. to be a joke in the I movie. I know.
1: I know. I know. The, the Amidala's triumph is powerful and serious and yeah. well executed. Jar Jar's triumph is is a fucking calamity that he just happens to succeed at.
0: It's accidental, and it's played for laughs. Yep. And, and is that perhaps... I, no, the, the m- answer is no, the, I think. M- the most offensive thing about Jar Jar is that he's a character that exists only to be funny.
1: Yeah, but he's not funny. And, and beyond the fact he be that funny? he
0: tries to be funny through dragging up old, <laughs> fucking dusty, offensive, evil cultural stereotypes, he also just isn't funny. <laughs> he's not funny. He's also I don't just think not he a funny, funny character. I don't think
1: he could be funny. Maybe. A total rewrite? <sighs> like literally like to the bones of the script. A page one rewrite. I'm pretty sure if someone rewrote the script, they'd be like, lose the Jar Jar character. Of course. Make someone else funny. Of course. Like someone else who's also a real character, make him funny.
0: Don't make him an idiot. You know Don't make him stupid. He could be clumsy, but not like clumsy and moronic. And childlike. I hate the clumsy thing, though, because it's like it's like in movies
1: where, you know, it's like that lame rom-com stereotype where the, they can't think of how to make the female lead right. funny, so they yes. just have her fall over a lot. Yeah. It's like, Jar Jar, sometimes they're like, can't, you have two perfectly good wide feet. You can't stand on them. He's got the
0: widest feet I've ever He's seen. He's got these big sort of clawed yeah. heavy feet. Yeah. He can't. <sighs> ben.
2: I've got a two-parter for you gentlemen. Okay. Good All right. boy. Is there a subtler way to establish the traits of these characters we put into question without using stereotypical tropes? Or is the issue more telling to the larger problem at play in this film, that because so much effort is spent on exposition and driving the plot along, that proper character development is ignored?
0: Okay, just quickly, before we answer that, I want all of you to know that producer Ben was reading that. That was typed up on his computer screen. Yep. Just so you don't think he's the poet laureate. <laughs> oh, thanks, and you're Chris. wondering why we're stumbling over our words for an hour and producer Ben gets up and doesn't miss a beat. I think that Ben has a very good point about he the He does have a very good point. Yeah, Ben's uh, really is... smart. He's the poet laureate of this podcast. <laughs>
1: uh, because you're right. Like, yeah. No one gets to be... Uh, developed as a real character in this movie because there's way too much time spent on like so you're in jail I'm a queen uh, you know they just have to uh, so it's like oh well Jar Jar will just fall over a lot yeah and he's got to talk like a fucking idiot or else we're not going to get that he's stupid he's the
2: dumb funny one he's the sleazy one yep Yep. yeah all right that's true
1: that's the problem George Lucas is like well I'm making like a Flash Gordon serial. Yeah. Everyone has to conform to a really obvious Looney Tunes type yeah. uh, archetype just so we get it and then we can be like, oh, I have a hyperdrive for you. <laughs> well, and you George
0: know. Lucas, no expert at comedy, in trying to create the no perfect quote-unquote funny one. Although American Graffiti is funny. Yeah, but in a humanistic sort of slice of life kind of way. Poly, yeah, 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 yeah. Just, yeah, But still. But yes, anyway. but here he's trying to create a a fully comedic creation, just a powerhouse of comedy, right? <laughs> it's true. And in doing so, he just tries to reverse engineer things that are funny in other people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the fool, you know, yeah, the yeah, Falstaffian yeah. Yeah. fool um, sure. is a classic comedic archetype. A Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin, Harold yeah, Lloyd, the Pratt falling, the, 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 the physical, physical comedy, the yeah, yeah, yeah. power of uh, of uh, you know. Um, uh, clumsiness in yeah, Jackie Chan having like, it's know, own beauty yeah. there are
1: those Jackie Chan movies where he basically gets into fights even though he doesn't know what he's doing but right. it's just it's just a bunch of hilarious mishaps that lead to him beating up Aruba people
0: or right. whatever Right. Yeah. all these things he tried to I mean in a way the sort of childlike naivete of Chauncey Gardner sure you know Yeah. yeah like yeah. all these different elements that work so well in some of the greatest comedies ever made he just took the surface elements of like oh so you have a guy who can barely speak English is really stupid and falls down all the time that will
1: equal fun <laughs> and we'll give him 50 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll give him like one of the biggest narrative arcs in the film.
0: Yeah. Do you have a second question, Ben?
1: No, no, that that was Oh, that was the two-part two questions. question. Uh and I think we answered them as best we could, not as not as eloquently as Ben. Yeah,
0: the answer is fuck cut fucking Charger Jar out of the movie. But here's the worst part. Yeah. Every week we try to answer the one central question we're coming back to. What's the movie about? What's the movie about? And we answer it through the prism of of what we focused on that week. The yeah. recent rewatch with our eyes on this element. Yeah. I think the movie's kind of about Jar Jar. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, because we've been I talking say that about in a
0: good way. It's kind of about Jar. He is the. We've been talking
1: as... about it as like you know George says. Well, it's Amidala's movie yeah. told through the eyes of the Jedi. Okay, maybe. maybe. But um, yeah. Like as I said, it ends with a Gungans. It ends, it ends with them, you know, with Nas lifting the orb. Charger has the most complete arc in the movie. He starts out the film as an outcast. Yeah. By the end, he's raised to the rank of general.
0: He saves them in their, their and they, battle they, for independence. And there's,
1: like, peace. And they, yeah, they, but this the one problem with a- that is, as we've said, his actual arc is flat. Because at the beginning of the movie, he's a clumsy idiot. And at the end of the movie, guess what he is?
0: But that falls on the Chauncey Gardner thing. It's just the <gasps> perception around him changes. Oh, man. I just feel like it's like, is he
1: trying to say something about like like what fools we are as men, and like the 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 idiocy of recognizing people for their achievements like Jar Jar is promoted to general just because he helps bring about broker this truce
0: well. And, that, and so they're like, oh, Jar Jar, you must be smart. Not, well, And, and smart. how fools can rise to power, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. through savviness and diligence. I mean, Jar Jar just refuses to leave the side of our heroes. <laughs> it's true. By doing that, he gets promoted. He does nothing right on purpose. He does nothing right throughout the movie. You know, but a broken clock is still right two times a day. Or in his case, like 18 times a day. Jesus Christ. I think <laughs> this movie is about Jar Jar. I think it's a very <laughs> cynical look at how Jar Jar-esque figures have risen to power. So maybe that's why I feel so mean-spirited. Maybe it's a a, a, a scathing attack.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't think so. Powerful figures? I don't know what the fuck this movie's about. We don't know what it's about, man. We're struggling.
0: Well, I think back to a moment in one of the -the behind-the-scenes documentaries on the Phantom Man's DVD and Blu-ray, in which George is uh, consulting with a bunch of the special effects people, and they're looking at images and stuff, I think, on the computers, and he looks up at whoever's filming and he just goes, Jar Jar's the key to this whole movie. If we can make Jar Jar work, then the whole movie works. And he was talking about it in terms of the effects. Yeah. He said, well, that's the only way he can think about anything. A character like this who's fully CGI, right. is this was integrated a into the a- action, you know, into the environments and all of that. He was like, technically, I wonder if we're going to pull it off. Yeah. But I also think narratively he was asking that question. Yep. And I think that question- Is that, answered. Yeah. <laughs> With a resounding no.
1: With a big old N-O. With a
0: Technically, big... I would say, they basically pull it off. Technically, yeah. 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 on a technical level, yeah. But the fact that he put that much focus on Jar Jar might be the biggest problem in the movie.
1: Yeah. No, I think it's the biggest problem in the movie. It's, it's the consensus biggest problem in the movie. It's not just
0: that he's culturally insensitive. It's not just that he's unfunny. But for the amount of time devoted to him, he doesn't do anything. <laughs> There's no a satisfaction watching There's him no succeed. No. There's no payoff. There's no payoff. That hadn't been said the first time I saw the movie. I thought Jar Jar was funny.
1: Yep. Yeah. You, wait, wait, you just thought he was funny?
0: Yeah. I, was I didn't. I, I used to do a good I Jar Jar him, impression. I, I hate it either.
1: Him. I more preferred uh, Jedi's chopping people You know, people I up thought he was funny, but I
0: don't know if I ever laughed at him. I was just like, yeah, Jar Jar's fine. Yeah. I think I
1: knew immediately that people had a problem with Jar Jar, and I was yeah. like, I don't really
0: care. I walked into it defensively, because everyone was like, this is the hot button character. And I went, he's fine. What's offensive about him? You were nine years old. Though. I was nine years old. Yeah,
1: I was You you had not gotten to your 10th grade paper, uh, bigger, uh, it was what, called, what's it called? Back in Blackface. Back in
0: Blackface, or Can You Show Me How to Get to Racism Street? You, that's not what it was called. Yeah, it was. It, has what? A, it had a fucking subtitle. Oh, I was a terrible yeah. student. <laughs> <laughs> I should have gotten kicked out. They should have kicked me out for that paper. They don't beat kick people out of that school. Do you know what the, my thesis was at the end of that paper? Go ahead. That beauty shop, the Queen Latifah starring... Movie. I argued that it was the most offensive movie ever made. I love that movie so much. We should do a whole podcast about Beauty Shop. We really should. It's amazing. I don't even know what my argument was. Oh, God. But I actually, as a 14-year-old, tried to present the argument that Beauty Shop was more offensive than Amos in It, it is not. <laughs> that movie is triumph yeah, on no, every that's, level. That's, that's the worst that opinion movie, that anyone has ever had. It contains
1: Jaimon Hounsou, who plays the uh, love interest in that film. He yeah. plays a Nigerian electrician. Yeah. At one point, just says, Shout out to Africa. Just- Apropos of nothing to create a great Woodard,
0: Kevin Bacon, Alicia Silverstone. Kevin Bacon
1: is the evil, like, Nazi villain of that movie. Stacked cast. Oh, uh, Yeah, Andy McDowell. Yeah. I think. Oh, who else is in that movie? A lot of people are in that movie. It's a stacked cast. Loretta Divine? Am I just dreaming? I think casting Loretta, Loretta, Loretta Divine is Divine? in it. I, th- I think. Octavia spent no, or was Sherry Shepard might be in it. Oh, Sherry Shepard is yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, it's just, it's just a great movie. We can't talk about Shop anymore. Um, oh man, th- it's thank so you good all for though. listening. I know this has been a tough episode. Jesus, we had this is to a go bummer. through the mud. Yeah, that's
1: fine. That's, I mean, next. Oh well, do we want people to write in?
0: Yeah, well, we're you know we're because we're uh, we're really struggling. We're struggling here to come up with an answer and, uh, for and what I, the movies. Uh, about. You know, I think going for you know our season finale in which we will, uh, you know. Uh, Conclude our investigation of uh, the Phantom Menace, um, which is a, you know still a handful of episodes away. Yeah, no, um, yeah, it's true. But we're we're we, coming up on it. We, we're recording yes, in advance. We want to outsource uh, our question because well, yeah. we're making so little progress here. So um, if you have a theory on what the Phantom Menace is about, please send us an audio recording, just record it on your phone or whatever device you have. On your computer. computer, whatever. Three minutes of you giving us your explanation of what you think the Phantom Menace is about and sent to our email, which producer Ben knows because he set it up and it is Griffin and present at gmail.com. Uh, oh, look uh, at that, look at that. That's our email. Uh, send it over to us. We'll we'll listen to it and it would be in our final episode. I watched our yeah final episode. Um, next week I don't know what we're gonna talk about. I feel I feel defeated. I feel, yeah,
1: well, we're probably gonna talk more about water.
0: We're probably going to do a lot more Wada. Wada, though. Wada, though. All right. Uh, As always, uh, thank you for listening. Yes. May the Schwartz be with